You're listening to the Geeks Interrupted podcast. You can listen to us live every Monday night from 8 p.m. Eastern Time on 94.1 FM in Melbourne or via 3wbc.org.au. Alternatively, if you've got a smart device, you can download the TuneIn app and search for 3WBC. 94.1 FM, 3WBC. Good evening, it's Monday the 14th of August 2017 and welcome to episode 210 of Geeks Interrupted. My name is Andy Bloom and tonight I'm joined by Phil Edwards and Jessica Reesby and we're talking all things geek, tech, gadgets, pop culture, TV, film, entertainment and of course the usual random stuff. On tonight's show, Foxtel wants to block more piracy sites. Amazon may be entering the ticketing business, and Woolworth shoppers in processing bungle. In the world of entertainment, Disney wants to take on Netflix, and we remember Glenn Campbell. We'll have all that and more on Geeks Interrupted, broadcasting and streaming live from the studios of 94.1 FM, 3WBC. You're listening to Geeks Interrupted on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. Well, good evening. You're listening to Geeks Interrupted on 94.1 FM, 3WBC, the voice of the inner east. And, of course, as always, thank you very much to the team from VFL Rewind. They'll be back next Monday night from 7pm talking everything uh, that's happened in the world of VFL. Uh, Right now, though, it's time for Geeks Interrupted. My name is Andy Bloom, your host for tonight, and joining me in the studio tonight, Phil Edwards. Good evening, Phil. Good evening. How are you? Very well, thanks, and... What's happening? What's happening? Well, uh, I just came off a VFL a Rewind show for those who were listening uh, before as Geeks Interrupted was coming on, so a big uh, night of radio for me, and uh, it's been a big weekend of radio, actually, because uh, we had catastrophic hardware failure on the weekend. and um, Yeah, I, I spilled some uh, water on the panel. Oh, no, yeah. I didn't. No, I didn't. That, that's that's probably more catastrophic than what happened, but a uh, broadcast processor decided to give up the ghost uh, just as we were starting an OB on Saturday. So um, I was here until 2 o'clock on Sunday morning doing uh, presidential duties. So it's been a long weekend. Cool. Well, thank you for coming in tonight to regale our listeners with uh, tales of tech and stupidity. That's right, and I've got some stories to tell. Awesome. And people with games, maybe. Cool. Now, on the other side uh, yes. of you, Phil, is not Dan, because uh, Dan has called in sick tonight. Yes, we think. Well, we're not booing his replacement. We're just booing no, we're, Dan. We're, we're booing Dan. <laughs> uh, we have a uh, replacement tonight. It is the lovely Jessica Reesby. Jessica, thank you very much for coming in tonight. Oh, thank 
you for having me. Thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure to see you guys. No, thank you for coming in on short notice. Yeah. Now, um, how have you been this week, uh, Jess? Oh, amazing. I'm just settling in. It's a Monday. I uh, was up in Sydney for a IoT cybersecurity event we ran with Kaspersky Lab and Hewlett Packard Enterprise. So, yeah, just uh, trying to get back into the swing of things. So, yes, I saw you are in Sydney. I think you might have enjoyed it too much as well as working as well. Yeah, I, I, I definitely had a couple of drinks in the canapes that were going around, So, but uh, nothing too disorderly. It was awesome. Very Great nice. Great night. Now, uh, the sitting in the host chair, of course, is Andy, and I'd like to say happy birthday, Andy. Oh, thank you very, very much. Um, I have leveled up today. Well done. Happy, yeah. is it your birthday? It is. Yeah, you today. didn't even tell me. That's what the muffins are for. The cupcakes, yeah. See, Lovely. Before the show, Jess, Jess and I were talking about uh, birthdays yes. and so forth. And she said, oh, why don't we talk about people's birthdays? And I said to her, oh, we're probably going to be doing that tonight anyway. Oh, I must have right. been. And she didn't My intuition. My intuition. I just yeah. go, oh, we should do some birthday shout outs tonight. But I decided to just. Use my LinkedIn shout-outs. But happy birthday. Thank you. How old? Too old? Too young? Uh, <laughs> you're not as old as I am. Well, I'm only a couple of years younger than you. Come on. Give us the yeah. age. Um, Still starts with a three, I think. Maybe we should have a competition. Guess Andy's age. The first person to tweet us at Geeks On Air with yes. uh, my correct age. We'll win what? Well, there's three of us in the studio. There uh-huh. are four cupcakes. We will post the fourth cupcake. Oh, I think we can do better than that. I'll send, we can send them some promo ge- gear. I've got a couple of things left around from the event. And a 3WBC pen. Yeah. Yes, I've got some pens that. and shirts and mugs and whatnot. We there can, we go. So the, tweet us uh, at Geeks on Air with uh, my age today. And if you, the first person who gets it correct will win the Geeks Interrupted bag of crap. Excellent. <laughs> so it's only obviously for people who are listening live on the stream or on the radio. So, But what happens if people listening live don't participate? <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm not going to bother with this. That's okay. And it's, it's just a reminder that you have to tweet it. You can't do it in the chat room. You have to tweet it. And That's that, that answer in the chat room is incorrect anywhere. There you go. Um, Someone can't maths. No, they can't maths. <laughs> I thought you said something else. I definitely can't maths. <laughs> That's okay. I failed like basic fundamental maths. Put someone else's name on the uh, on the test, actually, because I was that embarrassed. So you're telling us you're a cheater. No, I put someone else's name, like made up a name. Like I just, yeah, didn't want my name to the test. Wow. Yeah. Was it multiple My choice? teacher knew. Okay, that's sure right. they knew because I'm like, yeah, I was missing, but I was there. Anyway. Anyway, speaking of people getting in contact with us, we love feedback here at Geeks Interrupted. And during the week, we've had a number of our listeners send us through uh, some feedback about stuff that we've spoken about. Uh, Phil, uh, what are those tweets? What has uh, some of our lovely caring listeners said? That's right. Mr. Dom tweeted us and he said, caring less about Twitter, to be honest. I find Reddit more entertaining and a waste. Um, what was Twitter time now on Reddit? That was from Mr. Dom. And uh, Rebecca also mentioned uh, regarding episode 209, was a fan of implants, now I'm not. I've got two of them and now guys won't start stare, stop staring at my chest. And then apparently there's a, a implied sound effect there, which is... Uh, <laughs> that's what she wasn't implying, but we'll go with it anyway. Yeah. Uh, so obviously we were talking about uh, cochlear uh, implants uh, during that episode. And I think Beck is talking about a different type of implants that 
some ladies might have. Yes, and I think we're also talking about um, the... She's talking about boobs. Oh, okay. Um, we're also talking about the the swipe, the RFID implants that the employees were getting as well. Oh, yeah, that guy. And, uh, you know, that he had the mm-hmm. pass thing on the hand. Mikey. Yeah. Mr. Meow Meow. Uh, we yeah. spoke about him a few weeks ago as well. Meow Meow Beans. Whatever. I forget what his name was, but he was a bit of a It was a guy. long made-up name. Yeah. Looks like our chat's down. Our what? Our chat's down. No, it's not. Well, I'm having trouble getting into it anyway. That's because you aren't a very good tech person. No. I'm Why are you not. on this program? Oh, that's right, because you're not a very good tech person. That's right. I have to learn something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also had a, uh, a tweet come in from Huggies. What did Huggies have to say? Um, uh, sorry, I was trying to get into the chat. Huggy said, are you guys AC or DC? Hashtag ask a question like Rebecca. Mm. I'm not quite quite sure where he's going uh, with this well, one. Are you, gonna... al- are you alternate current or direct current? I'm going to go DC just because for the sake of picking one. Jess, what about you? AC or DC? I'm going to go both. Wow. <laughs> a bit of a transformer. Just oh, both. <laughs> oh, there's a pun for you. What about you, Fisher is a transformer, you know. <laughs> Transformers. More than meets the eye. Um, I would say uh, I'm an AC. Mm-hmm. Hashtag what? ask a question like Rebecca. Cool. I don't know what that all means, but I can shock you. I don't know. Wasn't okay. I think we, Rebecca might have on? asked a question can we the move other on? week. I think we need to move on. Yeah, let's move, move on. on. Um. If you do want to get in contact with us, there are many, many, many different ways you can do so. One of those ways uh, is to visit our website, gigsinterrupted.fm. While you're there, you can uh, check out presenter profiles, download past shows, read the show notes. You can send us an email or even leave us a voicemail. That's right. You can record your voice. It'll come through to us as an audio file. And if it says stuff that's suitable for playing on air, we will even play your voice on air. But if you don't want to do that, you can catch up with us on the social medias. Uh, Phil, how would someone maybe get hold of us on the social medias. What, uh, that's pick, right. pick a platform. So uh, the first platform we'll go through, just as uh, Rebecca, um, I am Mr. Dom, and Huggies did, you can get to us on Twitter, and the username is at Geeks On Air. Cool. Uh, we're also on another social media platform. What might that be, Jess? Instagram. We are on Instagram. Yeah. What's our Instagram address? Geeks On Air. Cool. <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot here. We're Follow also, it. Also on Facebook. What's our Facebook uh-huh. address? It would be Geeks Interrupted Geeks on Air. Well, Facebook.com forward slash. Geeks on Air? Not quite. Geeks More interrupted. Geeks Interrupted. Geeks but Interrupted. We'll, look, if you're looking for us on Facebook, if you just, just Google whatever, Geeks Interrupted, you'll find you'll us find on us. Facebook. I think we're doing a live broadcast on Instagram. Is that right? I was just uh, doing something for Instagram. And weirdly enough, considering where we're talking about Facebook at the time, I'm posting that to Instagram. Cool. Oh, we should try a Facebook live feed. We are going to do that one day, but we've got technical reasons why we're not doing it at the oh, moment. darn it. But because, we are planning towards it. Because nobody wants to see our ugly faces. Uh, they're happy with yes, our voices, but not the faces. Now, before we go on, I just want to compliment the awesome people who run this uh, this, this community radio station, myself, Phil, and some others, on the purchase of our new in-studio chairs. How mm. cool are these new chairs? They're comfy. They are comfy, aren't they? They're comfortable. They comfy. look good. They complement the colour scheme. And uh, I think the person who made the choice did an excellent job of it. Thank <clears> you. <throat> thank, thank you, Phil. 
that's okay. No, I'm actually very happy with them indeed. No, so. they are awesome. Uh, we'll give you give yourself the clap. Thank you. I couldn't get the sound effect. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the station manager and I spent a couple of hours putting all together on uh, the weekend. Oh, they were they weren't uh, free thingied. These ones, the ones that are in the studios, actually did not require any uh, implements to put them together. So no, like IKEA, L and Key, or yeah. But the one in the station manager's office uh, did, and I spent some time having to. Tighten those screws a little bit. How long but, did uh, that take? It wasn't too bad. It was about half an hour, but in a very cramped hallway because Damn. we had boxes for seven other chairs at the Jeez. time. So, um, but it was a bit of fun. But uh, I think that uh, everyone finds the new chairs comfy. So, good work, everyone. Love them. Indeed. Cool. And that's where your membership money goes to comfy new chairs well, and, it's, uh, and supporting the station. It's generally a, a no HS uh, issue because we need. Everyone have correct posture because it sounds better on radio, but we don't want anyone having back complaints as well. Indeed. And there was that time you fell off the chair and we all laughed at you. I was drunk though. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Oh, that would be an interesting show. You'd never get me on air drunk. <laughs> oh, imagine. I, I can be fun when I'm drunk. <laughs> that would be Yeah, funny. it can be is the Has key word. I'm, I'm a very happy drunk, I have to say. Ooh. I don't think I've ever seen you drunk. Maybe at your party. You're, you're, no, I wasn't party. that night either. But... Uh, Yes, I have videos that no one should ever see. I've got fr- – oh, actually, we're not, we're not going to go there. Anyway, should we just get on with it, like yeah. they say in Moddy Parthen? Let's do it. <laughs> Thank you very much, Australian News Puppy Dog. Uh, what has the puppy brought us this week? Well, a Canberra family has copped an $841 mobile data bill during a national iNet internet outage. Now, normally, uh, you know, a bit of overusage um, isn't something we discuss here on uh, on Geeks Interrupted because it happens fairly commonly. But the circumstances behind it and my feelings probably warrant a bit of discussion. So a Canberra mother was shocked to see her daughter's $800 mobile data bill after she tried to study during an iNet East Coast internet blackout. The mother, who wishes to remain anonymous to protect her year 10 daughter's privacy, said her child was trying to study on the weekend of the blackout on July 15th. Quote, In the meantime, my daughter's getting frantic. Most of their classes are online, and they said we haven't got any internet since Saturday. Uh, Before the net blackout, the mother told her internet service provider to put a $1 cap on her daughter's excess mobile data usage. She asked if she could use her phone as a hotspot. I gave permission as I knew we had the $1 excess cap in place, the mother said. The daughter used her mobile phone as an internet hotspot, but little did the family know they were getting charged in $20 blocks every three minutes. And in 48 hours, the daughter had racked up an $841 phone bill despite the cap. And the mother called Inet after receiving the bill to find out why she'd been overcharged but was then told the cap takes 48 hours to go into effect. The company then refused to waive the bill and instead granted the family more time to pay off the charges. Um, normally in these cases, I would say to the family, bad luck. However, if the mother had made an effort to put that cap onto the plan before the charges were laid, I would think that it is reasonable that the company should honour that. Um, and as I've seen with Telstra and potentially Optus in the past, they will backdate charges and update things. So in this particular case, I side with the consumer. Mm. Hmm. It's an interesting one. I mean, 
What's this dollar cap? Does that mean that if she were to go past the one dollar, it cuts out? Because technically, then wouldn't she have like no access to be able to do her study or something? Well, that that's I, I do. Agree so with then, that. like, you can't really have it both ways. If if you like, I use personal hotspot often um, when I need to. It's definitely a backup. It's a last resort. But sometimes you just have to. Uh, I don't want to connect to, you know, free Wi-Fi around because apparently that's really insecure. So what I do is I just use my uh, phone. I know it's going to cost me a lot more and I'm sure she was aware. So I don't know. You can complain later, but really it's you you know that that's an expensive thing to do. The person I, I think they should lower the price, but... I don't know. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Oh, it is a tough one. Would they I'm, prefer, though, she cut the service off and, and not being able to study? I don't know. Um, firstly, I'm not a I'm not a parent, so I don't have children. I'm not in that world of – not that I know of anyway mm. – um, that, that I know how to manage children of that age. But my thought is, based on the current – how the world works, I would not have a child on a – Postpaid plan anyway. She's in year ten. What, she, isn't she eligible to start working now? Right? No, no. But, but I would if if I had kids, I would say you could go on a prepaid. And if you use what's available on your prepaid, yeah, bad luck. But that said, regardless of the point, they have requested that. Um, what I would also suggest for people, not that there should have been an internet blackout anyway, but, for example, I was on a Telstra plan. I'm sure other providers offer something similar, whereas if you went over your data allowance, you would automatically – you can opt in for it where you get another block of a gigabyte for 10 or $15 or whatever it mm. is, which to me is a an acceptable sort of practice for the overage type thing. That said – the internet, she must use a lot of data because internet plans these days for phone. I've just changed over on Telstra, which is seen as the most expensive on the market. I've And I'm on a BYO plan, but um, I've got a plan that's uh, $50 a month for unlimited calls, unlimited text, but 12 gig of data. I like, would chew through 12 gig literally within one and a half weeks. You don't even understand because wow. Facebook now automatically plays every video you stream and, and go across and scroll across without – you clicking play. You must use your so, phone a lot. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like really. I mean, my business, my when I'm out and about, of course, I've always got to be connected to the net. I, I don't know why they don't have free da- unlimited data. Like they don't have an unlimited data plan. That's Come on, guys, get an unlimited data plan. One day, hopefully. Up. One day. Yeah. 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 What Maybe. are your thoughts on the issue, Andy? Uh, okay, I think Jess made a comment about uh, is the kid old enough to work or something like that, like yeah. pay her bills. Well, she should. Okay, have I, her I, own you probably I've mentioned this on the program before, and no smart ass comments from uh, no, from, no. from Phil. Um, but I, I used to sell working mobile phone retail, mm. and I have seen the damage that young children have done. Uh, and this was before the days of data. I'm talking um, when it was just phone calls and text. Mm. And I've seen seven, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year olds with phones under their parents' name. Mm. run up th- bills thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars simply because they don't have any concept of money or um, how quickly it can be to run up a bill that big. So I, I don't think really the, the, the having a job or being old enough to work really comes into that. Mm. But I suppose could the kid go down to the local library and use the free Wi-Fi? At the local library or it's a bit one inconvenient. Of the there, and there are alternatives. And there's concerns on like security of free Wi-Fi now. I would highly re- uh, uh, like tell everyone don't use free Wi-Fi because there's 
hackers that are creating like, for example, fake Starbucks aliases where you think you're logging into Starbucks, but it's like Starbucks underscore Australia and it's not real. And, you know, having their computer uh, hacked by clicking links and stuff after being requested to log in and enter a password. But anyway... Um, but if you're just doing, say, for home the kid, research, I mean, isn't there? There's new plans, right? For I think for children, if if not, they should have them. But I'm pretty sure there was an ad recently, like new teen or children plan or something like that. I, I think what what parents need to do um, is they obviously need to understand what they're signing their kids up for. This is this is not necessarily in this case, but in general. So understand what they're signing them up to, what the limits are, what you can, can do with it. The other part that it results in some bill shock these days, and a friend of mine posted something last night on Facebook, but it was um, is in-app purchases. And there are me- measures in the Google Play Store and the Apple Store, uh, App Store, to manage how uh, – in-app purchases are done. But the message was, my favorite part of a very busy Sunday has been in the last three hours contacting the bank, PayPal and Google Play to work out how to get a refund for the $560 our son purchased in in-app purchases in a Dragon game. That's Ooh. right, $560. Now They should wear that, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, the, the thing is that they said they emailed Google Play with the situation, got an email response within 15 minutes saying all transactions to be refunded. Um, check your parental controls and payment options in your Google Play accounts, people. So that's uh, wise advice for someone who nearly got stung. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I have to say that uh, while some telcos can be difficult to deal with, um, Apple are, are pretty good and, and obviously Google are pretty good in that situation. So the most important thing is check what your kids are on and even with your parental controls as well. Mm. Well, if you think an $840 uh, overuse phone bill is big. Sure, surely there's something more expensive. I'm sure there is. Uh, well, spare a thought for uh, Kim Beveridge, uh, who received a phone bill for $191,000. Uh, Kim Beveridge, for, yeah, this is amazing. Kim Beveridge's first reaction after counting the zeros wasn't one of horror or event shock, but amazement. He couldn't fathom how a mobile phone service could rack up that sort of a bill. He's fought the charge since he received the bill in 2014, arguing he shouldn't be responsible for the staggering fee, which included more than $17,000 in GST. Well, it took until last month, but the Supreme Court of Victoria has now upheld a decision that Mr. Beveridge shouldn't be responsible for the charges. So how did it happen? And by 2014 standards, Mr. Beveridge did everything right before travelling from Melbourne to Barcelona. Uh, Beveridge contacted his mobile phone service provider, Telechoice, a reseller of the Telstra mobile service, and inquired about international roaming. He paid a bond to Telechoice for the roaming service, which included a daily capped charge amount, and activated it on the way to the airport. Ironically, Mr. Beveridge was attending a mobile phone and payments conference in the Catalan city. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, so it would have been mobile congress, probably. I actually love that. That, that makes this... A million times better. <laughs> it does. Uh, well, his wow. phone was then uh, pickpocketed around 5.30am after a late night out with colleagues. So in other words, he was pissed. He called Australia the next day, roughly 20 hours later, and reported the theft. Uh, so uh, in short, what's happened is uh, scammers have uh, removed the SIM card from the phone. They put it in another phone and activated call forwarding to a number in Latvia. And they then set up a cloning service so that many uh, simultaneous calls could be made. So this resulted in something like 5,000 calls being made in a very, very short period. Now, before we have comments about this, 
One thing has always been drummed into me uh, as a customer, so as a bank customer, as a mobile phone customer, um, and also as a retailer of phones back in the day, was that if you lose your phone or, say, lose your credit card, you stop whatever you're doing and you contact your service provider or financial institution and say, put a block on my service. Yep. This gentleman has waited 20 hours to contact Tell the choice. He might have been passed out, like you said. You know, he might not have known it was gone. Well, if he might have been intoxicated, then he, when he's come to, that's when he's. And, and as well, you might not know where to go. You might not have had a backup phone. He, he might not have had a backup phone. He might not have known where to go. So I, I'm not sure. But it sounds sus. In fact, to me, to be honest. My red flags are going off. He's going to a mobile phone conference. Just so happens some scammers get a hold of his phone and have this elaborate scheme. I don't know. To me, seems sus. Yeah. It, it, something doesn't add up to me there, but um, I also think that it's quite obvious that the charges you know, were over and above what he did. Mm. But it would be interesting. The one thing that we don't know about is obviously what the telechoice um, processes were at the time as well. Um, this was four four years ago, almost four years yeah, ago. So, so that's the other thing. I know that um, now, for example, with some of the services like Telstra, for example, or and, and I use Telstra as an example because I'm a, I'm a client of theirs. Um, they you can log on to their online service and put a hold on it straight away. And same goes with credit cards and things like that. So, mm. um, that's the that's you know one of the the things that you can do. The one thing I recommend to people, and I know that this doesn't always work if you're going for a business trip. When I go overseas, I actually take, I actually remove my SIM card and put a local SIM card in that's on prepaid. Yeah. So um, one, it's cheaper, but also, you know, if my phone does go missing, then they're not going to rack up thousands of dollars of charges um, on my phone. Recently, just at that cybersecurity event we ran uh, over the weekend in Sydney, they suggested just take a disposable phone that has no previous data and history that if someone were to get a hold of it, particularly if you're a business person, now in the day and age, like for this instance in, of hacking and whatnot, um, take disposable devices and, mm. and they're doing a lot of that uh, as a company practice. So. And make sure you've got appropriate password protection on your phone. Um, and you know, things like with smartphones now, you've got the, you know, find my iPhone or the equivalent where you can remote wipe the device and things like that. So make sure you've got Mm. all those things turned on before you go overseas. Listening live, join us in the chat room, chat.geeksinterrupted.fm. We are listening to Geeks Interrupted on 94.1 FM 3WBC. And if you are listening live, do come and join us in the chat room, chat.geeksinterrupted.fm. You can join such lovely people. Uh, we have Huggies in there, Jay Byron and Clinker uh, in there tonight. We have no Rebecca. I think she's uh, doing an early shift and uh, sleeping. Who else do we normally have in there? We normally have uh, Dan, but he's he's off sick. That's right. And uh, who else do we have? Um, um, no, most of the regulars are in there. Yeah, we've had a couple of guesses also uh, about my uh, my age, and they are all incorrect <clears throat> so far. So far, did we get anything on Twitter? Yeah, we've had a couple. Oh, thirty-seven. 
not not 37, not 40. Mm, not 40. Anyway, keep a guessing, gentlemen and ladies. Thanks to Michael Foster and uh, Huggies for mm. your guesses. Anyway, while you do that, uh, let's go on with uh, news from Australia. An Akuskel glitch sees woolly shoppers charged twice. A processing error at Woolworths Payments provider Kuskel has resulted in shoppers being charged twice for purchases made in March. Woolworths customers took to the retailer's social media accounts to complain about duplicate payments that had appeared in their bank statements uh, last week. The issue impacts both online and physical transactions. Woolworths has put the blame on Kuskel, one of its payments processors. Quote, we have received confirmation from Kuskel that due to an error at their data centre, a limited number of Woolworths customers may have received incorrect transactions on accounts processed by Kuskel. We are working closely uh, with them and can confirm any payment errors will be corrected as soon as possible. Uh, Kuskel attributed the problem to a processing error uh, that meant some incorrect transactions were posted to customers' accounts in the morning. We apologise for the stress and inconvenience that it is causing people. So this seems to be like a pretty, pretty severe cock-up. So so there's two, there's two parts to the discussion. The fact that it occurred was obviously a batch error. Um, and Woolworths did fix the problem the next day. So they, they did take swift action and fix it. However, my concern in this situation was that credit card details were still on file six months after the charge occurred. So what was the cause of that? If you know what I mean, like was it a batch that didn't mm. go through? Did they still was have them duplicate? stored? Oh. That's so weird. I, I'm not sure. I like their apology because their apology at least acknowledges that it does cause, you know, the stress, the inconvenience. So I think it was a well-worded apology if I can give it that. But if they are keeping details on file, which I'm not sure, you know, is this just some sort of case where it's just the hit, hit the enter button twice sort of thing or what? I mean... Unfortunately, they haven't come up with an exact reason why it occurred. Mm. Um, just, the, I mean, the main thing that you would hope that someone didn't have, you know, uh, like, a, and if like, say, if it was a debit card, for example, and that tra- they had money in for a, a bill that was coming out the, that day or something, and it mm. made a transaction and bounced their bill and and what have you. So, um, hopefully, that didn't occur, but. Um, uh, I'm glad that they did resolve it. It was just strange, yeah, that they had that on file still. That's unusual. Well, Don't know. Quite a number of concerns also. Why are Woolworths storing my credit card details and why can they charge me months later? The point is they weren't storing people's credit card details. It was basically a list of authorizations that Woolworths or Cusco were – That were, re-ran or something, did they? Sorry? They, they re-ran a backup or something like that. Basically, they, they re-ran a batch uh, in, in error. And people have somehow got it into their heads. I'm reading things online. How dare Woolworths store my credit card data? I mean, I don't trust them. And like, that is not what happened. I, I did read about it on the day. Did they? Did come, Woolworths come out and actually explain that's what the situation was? Because I didn't see that explanation. That doesn't mean they didn't make it. But did did they come out and explain that that process, Andy? Or I don't think they they did. Uh, I think because in most cases it goes over a lot of people's heads, uh, not understanding that you know we're not actually storing credit card information. This is a list of transactions we were authorized, or our payment processor was authorized to process, um, and we have inadvertently 
or they have inadvertently done it again. They they should. I know that it might go over people's head, but I think they should explain it. That's mm. my opinion, anyway. Mm. Possibly. I mean, it could be seen as complicating things for people. Um, look, I, I can see your point, but it may compl- could just complicate the issue for some yeah. people. Oh, so. The most important thing is, as they did, they reversed those transactions the next day. Yeah, I did see though some people were hit uh, with. Uh, I mean, we had people just like five, ten dollar transactions, but some people lost a thousand dollars. Uh, in in wow. in one hit, wow! And then complaining, oh, I can't pay my rent, I can't go out tonight, yeah. so forth. Well, yeah, I feel sad for you, but at the same time, it should have been rectified the next day. Yeah, it should have been. So yeah, and you know what we should do? What's that? I think we've had enough with Australia. We had enough with Australia. Yeah, why not? Yeah, so they've discovered that we have dual citizenship. We're getting booted out of Australia, back overseas, which means we have to do international news. Is that a good sort of segue? No, it wasn't. Mm. At least I tried. Okay. It's the Overseas Lamb. And what has the Lamb brought us? Well, Amazon may take on Ticketmaster with a new event ticketing business. Uh, Routers, uh, citing sources familiar with the matter, reports that Amazon is looking to partner with venue owners to sell tickets to sporting games, concerts and other events. Amazon's entrance into uh, the event ticketing industry could come in a variety of avenues. One source says that the company has been in talks with one league about selling tickets as a secondary market akin to StubHub, where Amazon could try to compete directly with Ticketmaster for that primary ticket market, hoping to get a taste of the $1.6 billion market. Uh, Breaking into the ticket market could prove to be difficult for Amazon. No, that's because Ticketmaster is currently the exclusive seller of primary tickets for many of the top venues in the United States, a number of which are actually owned by Live Nation. According to the company's website, it controls 196 concert venues, including the House of Blues and Fillmore Trains, along with dozens of arenas and festival sites. So obviously this is a good thing in general. It's probably going to be very US-centric to kick things off, I'm sure. Uh, It's not going to filter to other parts of the world immediately. It would take some time. But it probably I don't think anyone's going to disagree with me when I say it's a good thing to break down the monopoly or duopoly of Ticketmaster and Ticket Tech. Yeah, well, there's actually not – there actually isn't a duopoly of Ticketmaster and Ticket Tech. But what they do, because you've got um, mosh ticks and things like that in the market, but what they do is they supply um, the big companies, being Ticketmaster and Ticket Tech, they do – they pay incentives to venues for signing up with them and them issuing those tickets. Um, Anything to break that deadlock would be great. But you can already see in Australia that, uh, for example, you talked about Live Nation uh, controlling venues in the United States. Uh, The Palais Theatre – in Melbourne, which has undergone a renovation, that's actually can now controlled by Live Nation. So you can see where they're moving in these markets, which is unfortunate because, I mean, I think I went to – I've been to a couple of concerts this year. I went to Guns N' Roses earlier in the year and bought pre-sale tickets. I think I had to pay $10 per ticket just to buy in the pre-sale, and then I had to pay a booking fee on top of that. Why can't they just build that into the ticket price or something like that? That's we- pretty cheap. That's cheap. Look, I, I think every 
every little industry should definitely have a, a variety of competitors. I think it's important for benefits of the consumer and um and and the economy as well. But um for me, being a, a person who goes to the big concerts, those big headline names, and yes, I know Guns N' Roses certainly is is one of those. But for some strange reason, these sort of pink Britney Spears, we're talking over one hundred and sixty dollars oh. a ticket. Yeah, and Adele up to three four hundred dollars a ticket, and that's direct, not even second. You know, no. bought from a promoter, uh, and imagine from the promoter, they can go online and sell up to a thousand dollars. I think that's why a lot of these big celebrities are coming to Australia because they know we're just willing to pay, you know, an arm and a leg to go to a concert. So, but, but the thing is, is that because they know that, and if you look at Adele, was a great example. They had Adele did two concerts in Melbourne, um, and I think they had sixty-five to seventy thousand at each of her concerts at Eddie Head Stadium. Mm. There would have been a, a ten um, uh, or fifteen dollar ticketing fee involved in that. I mean, that's that to me that like one they should properly build it into the ticket, but mm. they they will pay money to get control of a venue so that they get ticketing like that. And while I think Amazon could create a really good platform, are they prepared to spend the money to get into the the venues to get their you know to cool. get their their you know, platform out there. That's going to be the interesting be, thing. It's going to be interesting as we're seeing more virtual concerts <clears throat> come to play. You know, we've got virtual reality cinemas. There's talks of virtual reality concerts. So you better buy a, like, virtual reality ticket um, where you don't even need to be there. Sort of defies the point to me. But bringing it back to, I guess, tech, um, for example, I'm going to the Technology Gadget Expo that's on this weekend, um, doing a panel talk there. Um and I think that even tickets to conventions and, and expos like that, I'm not sure on the tickets there because I'm a, I'm a panellist, but um, I've seen some expo tickets selling up $300 or more. That would be a market they should probably play in as well. Oh, and, and I'm sure that they They, they eventually will. will. Mm. I'm just actually having a look to see who they do their ticketing through for that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. No, Get the price. The links on on my website, by the way. It's just reesby.com.au slash tge. So it's the technology gadget expo. They'll be talking virtual reality, augmented reality, and a whole bunch of fun stuff and startups. Cool. We'll put that in the chat room and in the show notes. So reesby.com.au awesome. forward slash tge. Now I'm probably going to say something here that isn't isn't a shock to people or probably isn't anything new. Uh, but the thing that pisses me off with say Ticket Tech Ticketmaster is all those little uh, extra fees that they chuck on at oh, the yeah. end. So you're charged a fee to print out your own ticket oh, at home. I had that you, this weekend up in Sydney, twenty for a text to remind me, I didn't realise, and $5 to choose my seat. Gosh, it, it literally added up, I think, an additional $200 or something like that. Like, they wanted me to donate to a charity. Then when I was on board, they wanted me to donate to a charity, enter a raffle, and it just kept coming. I'm like, no, I don't want Jetstar. I was like, I don't want to – yeah, running through, oh, hey, guys, we're just going to do a charity in the next minute. Oh, hey, guys, you can um, win a 1,000 or a million f- points. Just give us $10, $15. I'm like, hello, I've already paid just to pick this seat. I think it, it look it's the the extra costs and and Jetstar we won't even go into them too much because they've upped their, some of their charges this week, but um, I just wish that they would. It's like uh, the cinemas uh, they do. If you book on um, one of the major chains of cinemas, you pay a dollar 
a fee if you book online, but you're actually saving them money by not engaging a staff member or printing their tickets out. Yeah, and they call it a convenience fee. Like, However, if you use the <laughs> Telstra thanks wow. thing, I'm sounding like, you know, like I'm on a Telstra payroll, which I'm not, but you don't actually pay the booking fee. Yeah. Which is Random. weird. Um, interestingly, the uh, expo that you're talking about, they use a company called Tickety-Boo. Tickety-Boo. Which who, we used before. Yes, we used them for our Star Wars event last year. And they have an option of you can either pass the booking fee on to the consumer or you can absorb it as part of your price. And at the for the Star Wars last year, I wanted to make sure that the people who came along to the movie had a set price and that was it. So I had the option where it was $15 a ticket and that's all you paid. Mm. Mm. So and and I think it was just nice and clear to to consumers and that's what people should be doing more often. And we're mm. going to have to get on that for this year as well, aren't we? I think we have to do uh, a yes, Star Wars event. We should have to. So. Anyway, moving on, uh, a consumer publication in the United States recommends that you don't buy a Microsoft Surface. Mm. A consumer reports announced it's withdrawing its coveted recommendation. Uh, badge from four Microsoft Surface laptops that were previously blessed with the recognition. The reason? It estimates about 25% of Surface computers will break within two years of ownership, an abysmal rate of reliability compared to the other popular laptops and tablets. The non-profit publication surveyed more than 90,000 tablet and laptop owners and discovered about 25% of the sample who owned Microsoft Surface devices were presented with problems by the end of the second year of ownership. So that means that if you buy a base price Microsoft Surface laptop for $1,000, you're basically paying about 41 bucks per month to use it before it breaks. Compare that to comp- comparable devices like the MacBook or even the Razer Blade, and uh, it's kind of sad. So uh, I always thought that the Microsoft Surface devices were fairly sturdy and had a good reputation. Uh, so are we surprised that now they're saying don't buy them? Um, it does surprise me a little bit because they're not cheap devices, particularly if you're in the uh, an i processor range. The RT devices were pretty rubbish from a processor's perspective, but uh, the the i processor models are, are fairly robust machines, and uh, uh, you would be disappointed if they died very quickly. And a lot of surfaces are being used in corporate environments, so they want to get at least four to five years of use out of them before they refresh them. So there's going to be some businesses that aren't going to be happy with that. Mm. Oh, look, you've really well, – What's she's off one of the t- TV shows. She says, grind my gears. This, this is grinding my gears because, to be honest with you, I think all manufacturers of these technology products need to really lift their game and start selling products that last because all of my old phones still work. All of my old computers still work. Whereas for an iPhone, even to have my, we were talking about there this earlier, is. for my iPhone, even like, why is it? If you were to sell a car where the front windscreen breaks every time a rock hits it, then, you know, the manufacturer would have to change it. What, what, Or a microwave if the glass was breaking. Why is it that we accept these products to fail so easily and we need to buy plastic screens and covers just so that it freaking doesn't break? Just make it thicker. I think we need to back up a sec. Let's back up a sec. You know what, <sighs> I, I, you know what I want to do? Because we're short on material tonight, we yes. are, we haven't got any apple, shock horror, Let's hold that for after okay. the break because we will we will come back to it because I know you. Mm. There, there was you a, are rant. A, and, and excuse the the, na- the name of the topic, but uh, 
we have in the past had a segment where we'd have these discussions mm. uh, called a masturbate. So I think tonight we will have to have a have masturbate. Well, <laughs> pardon me. I promise you, we will. Sorry, do sorry about yeah, the name. Yeah, we will. But uh, look, I like Mac. I love Mac, and I'm not. This is it, it. Just lift your game, people. Like, just make products that last. But but and and the thing is, the problem also with going back to the surface is that they are portable devices, so you expect them to be. Fairly sturdy. Oh, so. really? I'm going to remember that for when we talk about the phones because I think a phone is supposed to be a mobile device, correct? Yes, so, but we yeah, will, we'll, we'll hold know? on to that. Mm. We're, we're going to have we're going to have to strap on the um <laughs> the, the arm the, 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 the boxing gloves <laughs> yeah. during our break. Absolutely. Uh, and Jessica hasn't heard our masturbate intro either. Have so. we still? Have you still got it? Still Actually, got it? Oh, no. Good. I think I think I might have when I when I initially. Oh no, because we haven't it. played it. For how long? Once. I think we've used it once. Anyway, back to okay. the surface. This is perfect for it, though. Yes. So back to the surface. Um, uh, I've lost my chain of thought. Thank you, Jessica. Uh, no, it's okay. Um, but it's because it, you're getting old. It's okay. <laughs> you're I, aging. Like a cram, like a trap cram. You've been derailed. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I haven't had my guess yet. To, to be fair, would in this day and age, do we expect? Putting aside what Jessica will be talking about in uh, the masturbate, do we actually expect electronic devices and portable devices to last, realistically last more than two years they're, in this day and age? Yes. If you buy a car, sometimes they're like, what, minimum for a second-hand car or something, whatever, you'll pay like four or five grand. These devices are close to that cost and we expect them so, to. So with the, the, the thing is I expect – and Australian consumer law says that now. They they expect mobile devices to last at least two years. Hence the reason why they've increased the statutory warranty to that period of time. That said, with a, a device like a Surface or a MacBook, I expect to get four years at least out of um, a, a device like a laptop type thing. I think there's two things also, to, if I can interrupt, two things to point out here. There's a, a big difference um, in the likelihood that the device will uh, fail just through poor workmanship yeah. or poor design and its ability or propensity to break um, in dropping or whatever. I think they're two different things that is possibly being confused here. Uh, so are they saying that the surface won't hold up to day-to-day -day use over two years or will it just easily fall apart after two years? You see what, is there Either or. I, I see what you're saying, but for reasonable use, I would say with these devices I have, uh, it's reasonable use where you expect a, for a portable item to have some knocks along the way. Um, and for them to just break the way that they do, and I would say a glass screen breaking makes the phone completely unusable, therefore it's not lasting the two years that's meeting the requirement. Yeah, your, so, your laptop... Jess, now yes. I reckon that's a relatively new laptop. Yes. So the one that you had before that, yes. how long did you have that for? Uh, about two years. Uh, and you dropped it, didn't you? No, I didn't drop it. This is embarrassing because oh, it's going okay. to undo wasn't actually, my story. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't I trying to do that, actually. Oh, Sorry. okay. Well, the previous one, I spilt some green tea on it. So that, of course, fair enough. And that's, of course, Apple's that's, fault. No, it? it's not. But they could waterproof <laughs> it if they liked, I'm sure. But... I wasn't, I wasn't trying to lead you down that path on no. that because I knew you did have a, an older MacBook and I was thinking that you would have had it for a lot longer than you did. Um, uh, so I apologize about that because that, right. that, the proof, I was actually trying to prove the other way around and it backfired uh. on me. But my last, my last MacBook I had for five years and, and to me, 
it, it probably lasted about six months longer than I would have reasonably expected it to. But you're right, in a device like that. We I'm, I'm we have an old HP that's like 15 years old, still works. My old LG, I think that's like 15 years old, still works. No crack screen. I could go on and on. And these phones used to last all day. And yes, I know that But we, they were plastic. I anyway, know, we'll come right, back to that. We'll you know, we're going to put this conversation on hold and we'll pick it up uh, in, the, in the unplanned maths debate. Yes. Done. Okay. One final story, a bit of a fun one before we go to our next break. A song meant to spoof car audio systems climbs into the top 50 on Apple's iTunes charts. Uh, a track consisting of nothing but nine minutes and 58 seconds of silence is currently sitting at 49th place in Apple's iTunes charts, apparently out of frustration with the way many car audio systems work. Called a uh, 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 Very Good Song, the 99-cent track released by Samia Mezrahi on Wednesday uh, copes with the fact that many audio systems will simply play tracks in alphabetical order whenever an iPhone connects via USB. With a regular music library, this can be very annoying since the same song will play automatically until a person can select their own playlist. The issue is unlikely to impact people who depend solely on streaming services such as Spotify and Apple Music. The track's popularity may be a sign that many people are not only using USB in their vehicles, but still relying on locally stored music. iTunes sales have been on the decline for several years with the rise of streaming, but the Mac and Windows iTunes clients also let people import files from third-party sources, whether legal or otherwise. So this is a bit of a fun one. I love this. So so the thing is, I... um I Even though I do use Apple Music... um. I still get when I hook it into the library in the car, it will still start playing the first track. So I have it lined up. Anyone want to guess what it is? Uh, it is Angels uh, brought me here. S, by... S Club Party. Face <laughs> Club Seven. In nineteen seventy two, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. The Smurfs. Promptly escaped from a maximum I security stockade. Today, still wanted Wait, by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can it's hire the B team. The I hope you have that so, on your phone as like to play for a call, you know, as your ringtone or something. But um, I find this funny. The this guy it. could so have monetized this better he though. Did? I, oh, really? I wish I could contact him. Like. Pop an ad in there. Just throw in like Reesby recruitment maybe and just keep saying that over and over again, subliminal messaging. I'd love that. But why would he need Not to put Reesby, it in there? Because you, you, put you, you say it subliminally like over and over again anyway, so you get enough effort time. No, no, no. I, I mean, you know what I mean? Like a brand. He could have contacted, I don't know, Google and put an ad on there. The problem is, is that you're going to have a party, put your music collection on shuffle to try and get a good mix, and then you get nine minutes and 68 seconds of silence. I think it's funny. It's like. It's, it's like prank. when I'm looking for music on the 3WBC computers, I inadvertently choose the track called 60 Seconds of Silence that someone put into the library. I can play that if you like. <laughs> It'll, uh, no. Anyway, we, it, when I say a bad joke, we'll get, we'll get it playing automatically. Maybe it can be their zen time to just, you know, do their daily mantras and whatnot, mm-hmm. give them some silence. Just someone going, oh. Um. Yeah. He should change it to that. That could be an option. I'm going to create one and just do an extra A so that my song 
comes up before his. Yeah, well, I'm going to create one that has called, four extra O's. Are we called the, the track that will be oh rocketing up the charts is the A-A-A-A-A Reesby Recruitment <laughs> track. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. Andy's would you know, be the A-A-A-A-A Andy Blue, me. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm saying your old email address, Andy Bloom. Mine would be like, hello. Oh, I'm in the back. I'm stuck in the back. Help. Yeah. I have to tell you something funny. We had telemarketers come to my house when I was a lot young. I was about 18, actually. And and I was living at home. My mother went to the front door, and I'm like, I'm going to play a trick on them. And uh, I had a sound effect CD of um, a couple enjoying themselves vigorously. (laughs) Very mature. And I turned it up very, very loud. And what they were selling was maybe not in line with – what was being played throughout ah. the house. So they left very, very quickly, I have to say. I've seen some people, like obviously it's illegal, but they play in their car the, like a police siren or something as a They, could, they could play an know. NWA track that we can't play on radio, but that's another track we'll talk about another time. 94.1. It's a good-looking kick. Birth of the Anzac League. 3WBC invites you to join our community radio family. You can learn new skills as a presenter, producer or administrator, or perhaps you'd prefer to enjoy the social aspects. Memberships are also available for families and corporations. You can become part of a powerful local voice. For more information, go to www.3wbc.org.au and click on the membership link or call us during business hours on 9285-4846. 3WBC 94.1, the voice of the Inner East. You're listening to Geeks Interrupted, voted 3WBC's most popular technology show on a Monday at 8pm. You are listening to Geeks Interrupted on 94.1 FM 3WBC, the voice of the Inner East. We're back for our second hour now. And as we do after our world-famous fat break, we tend to take a moment to talk about ourselves a little. So, Phil, we're going to throw to you. What have you been up to this week? What's going on in the world of Phil? Uh, As I said earlier, I had some uh, issues at the radio station on the weekend. So that was uh, always a bit of fun. But the one thing I did get in the tech world, I was showing you, got both of you before during the break, um, I ordered some headphones, some wireless in headphones on uh, Indiegogo, and they were supposed to ship in February, and wow. I got them in mid-August. So uh, the in, the comments section was going a bit crazy, saying, where the hell are my headphones? But mine have finally arrived, and... Um, they're very neat because they sit inside the like in the ear. They don't have the little um, what I call the little dick that the uh, that the Apple AirPods do. The little white dribble coming out of your ear. Um, so many bad vibes that I'm giving off on that. Um, the sound quality on them is awesome, but I do get some dropouts on the right ear, which is the slave ear. So I'm still trying to work out if that's a 
an ongoing issue or it's just trying to learn the Bluetooth or something like that. So I could be going back to the manufacturer very soon. Oh, that's so I hope not. But, uh, you know, that's the risk that you take by buying something on uh, on a Kickstarter slash Indiegogo type crowdfunding campaign. I actually saw the iPhone little earplugs uh, on a gentleman just in Sydney and I thought they were cigarette butts <laughs> in his ear. I was like, is he got a cigarette? Half bent out of his ear. What is that? And because they look like the standard Apple earphones, I was like, "Why have you cut the cables off?" Mm, yeah, pretty bad design for a company that's all focused on design. I know there must be a reason for it. Um, Put my microphone up. How much were those? So I paid about one hundred nine US as a Kickstarter. I think they're going to charge about one hundred fifty US ongoing. So that's. Very similar to an Apple AirPod price mm-hmm. um, if you're paying retail for them. So Cool. It'll be interesting. Um, one last thing. Um, I, this is something I learned, which I know that we normally do this later on, but I was talking when we were having a te- catastrophic technical failure, um, we, we talk a bit about mobile networks, and I was saying that I was looking at some photos of a another radio station who did an outside broadcast from the MCG and that they use a similar technology to what? Um, we do for our outside broadcast, but I would be concerned about using 4G in that environment because uh, at, at sporting events and things like that, the network gets very congested. And the the tech told me that what Telstra or providers actually do, but in this case Telstra, is that they um, – for people like that, you probably sign up for a business plan. They give you a separate APN for your internet device, which guarantees you data rates regardless of what anyone around you is getting and constant bit rates and things like that. And I'm like, bastards, I want one of those. That so would be good. Go. Yeah, that'd be good. Because when you're sitting at the football and everything goes to crap, you go, why can't I have data? Well, people are getting data because they've got the good stuff. Indeed. Uh, Jessica, t- talk to us about yourself. What have you been oh, up to during the week that you haven't already told us? so busy. Okay, I didn't tell you actually. Uh, I did a talk at La Trobe University's Open Day, so that was fun. Um, just talking to some students about career ready and their new cybersecurity um, master's class and they're going to launch a bachelor's. So for someone who, who hasn't heard you on the show before, you're yeah. a, re- or a um, IT recruitment consultant? Yeah. So I have an IT recruitment business. We specialize in IoT as well and women in tech. So we're big uh, advocates for diversity in the workplace. Uh, and I get behind a lot of different events across Melbourne and Sydney and even Brisbane too. Uh, and I run the IoT Australia Meetup, which is the largest of its kind, which is pretty cool. And it's growing that sector too, isn't it? Yeah, massively. I mean, hugely. Like this, this we've got a prediction of over 200 billion devices or so coming onto networks Um I think in the next five to ten years. Uh, what else did I get up to? I uh, went to Sydney. I think I'd already mentioned that. Um, I, I told a guy uh, on LinkedIn, I asked because I headhunt talent. Yep. So I, I said, oh, are you interested in this job? I'm looking for a full stack developer. It's $1,000 per day in Melbourne. Um, and, yes, if anyone out there is interested, I've got <laughs> loads of jobs on at the moment, so come at just, me. Just look up. Jessica Reesby on LinkedIn. Yeah, and, and he came back to me and said, I'm not looking for a job at the moment, just girlfriends, thanks. 
Okay, that's just really creepy. <laughs> and and so I posted that onto LinkedIn without his name. I didn't want to name a shame. I felt a bit rude. It's happened to me a couple of times. And uh, I got like 20,000 views on the on the post. I think that was last time I checked. So it would have to be more than that now. Does that turn you off wanting to actually r- refer him for a job in the future? Oh, I don't know. It's a tough one. For him, yeah, because I think that that's kind of rude. So I, it's unprofessional. So, of course, I wouldn't be able to put someone forward who's unprofessional. But uh, I don't know the guy. But I certainly I'm not going to be hitting him up for my next job. But uh, it, it is a tough, you know, I'm on the fence because it, it is hard. Like it was straight up rude. So in this case, I'm saying an absolute no. But if someone, for example, was into my inbox and said, oh, hey, how's it going? You know, I wanted to catch up with you. I've had that a couple of times. I would not consider them for a job. I just say, look, this is a LinkedIn professional yeah. network. So, But in his instance, in the way that he said it, yeah, I probably wouldn't. And put him you, forward. you can normally find Jess on Tinder. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I actually am on Tinder. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, I, was, I was joking on that, by the way. No, but yeah, LinkedIn's for jobs and whatnot. And I was no, approaching no, I for a I job, agree. so I thought that that was, of course, rude. But uh, I let everyone else give him give him their peace of mind instead of me having to to say anything about it. Well, you were t- telling me about this um, before the show. Uh, as well, about how this gentleman said, I don't need a job, but I need a girlfriend yeah. and so forth. And I brought up uh, uh, a person I know called uh, Atlanta Daniel. And mm. I met her once very briefly, but I know her mainly from, from Twitter. And she works in startups and entrepreneurial ventures and so forth. Mm. And sh- she was interviewed uh, in uh, The Age a number of weeks ago. Uh, July 29th, so two weeks ago. Mm. And basically, so I'm going to quote exactly what it says here. I do apologize if it does offend anyone. Uh, basically said that she was pitching to a prospective backer for her business uh, when the conversation took a distinctly unpleasant turn. Uh, quote, the investor told me I owed him a blowjob for his help. Wow. All right. Straight up, I would have named and shamed him so bad that, oh, you don't even understand the damage I would have done to him, his business, because the, that is just disgusting, in my opinion. That That's, yeah, that's way, way, way over the line because in a business context, I know how hard it is as a woman in business when you're trying to approach a gentleman, you're like, oh, hey, I'd like to meet with you to discuss work-related stuff and they this isn't just a joking message, like that. this is for real and they actually say, oh, well, I'm happy to do it if you give me this and look, I have had certain instances where I'd say it'd be crossing the line where a guy's maybe hinted at that but maybe not as as full on, mm. but that, yeah, that's disappointing as I just, the thing is maybe I was just brought up right, but, and, and I admittedly, I'm probably a career public servant. So I'm, I have had, you know, appropriate levels of respect training and things like that drilled into me from day one, but in any environment, regardless of whether it was at work, whether it was in my personal life, I don't think I would ever actually say that to anyone like i just think uh, that's revolting there are there there are some unusual characters out there i interact with them on a day-to-day basis and yeah I, you obviously there are some respectful guys and of course i've had the most amazing work related meetings with you know members of the other gender um but yeah, if, if someone was saying I owe you a favour because you've helped mm. me, oh boy, I tell you what. And is um, the I suppose the last thing we'll say, but you, as you said, you do uh, women in tech forums. Mm. Is this 
not necessarily necessarily that direct, but it could be that direct. Is this behaviour still rife in the industry or is it getting better? Absolutely. Like this post, like I said, got 20,000 views and I mean literally nearly 100 comments and all the women were saying, I went for a job and the gentleman, the recruiter actually kissed me on the cheek and and it happens a lot. I've had even a client once and this is true. He said to me, uh, I was went in there for a meeting for a technology um focus role and he said, I would, you know, it's we're all guys in here. It'd be nice if uh, she was maybe, you know, and he said it like, you know, a bit, you know, in the office, someone nice looking and literally I never contacted that client again. I could never place a candidate into a workplace like that. That's just yeah. obviously setting someone up for sexual harassment um, and it happens way more often than you think. I, I'm a pretty strong person so I don't let these things really get to me but to – for some women out there, it, it could it could actually maybe destroy their life. So they should really think before they do these things. So a question though, I want to ha- a question on that. Yeah. Could that kiss on the cheek have been innocent or, or do you see where I'm going with this? Because the way I look at it is a kiss on the cheek, depending on the circumstances, is largely a sign of affection, respect, or so forth. Was this the first time no, meeting? No, th- th- this is this is the first time meeting a job interview. She was meeting with a recruiter to be put forward for a role. She clearly knew afterward it was awkward and they didn't like, you know, the, the contact went strange or something. I don't know the full detail, but uh, if I would never kiss someone on the cheek uh, after or before a meeting, maybe uh, a friend, I'd come up and give them a bit of a, a cuddle, but n- not... Yeah, no, that's. But, but even and and even that situation, it, like, um, if I had a um, a, a, like a, a friend who was in the like a female friend who I knew outside of work, and that socially we might kiss each other on the cheek, hello, mm. in the work environment, I wouldn't do it yeah. at all because it's a handshake. Yeah, because it, it's also because not only does it potentially give the wrong impression. And and that's not from a sexual harassment perspective, but it also, in the professional environment, could also be seen that you're favouring that person or that person's favouring you if they're particularly superior at a different yeah. level to you. Yeah. But the other thing is that it could make other people feel uncomfortable. And I know that, you know, in that situation that's unfortunate, but that's just the way it is. And, um, and you know, even if you are good friends with the per- that person, I wouldn't do it in that environment. So, yeah, pretty poor form. So I shouldn't kiss you uh, goodnight. Well, th- this is not a professional environment, so. No, that's, that, that is very true. But, uh, Andy, what, so that, but thank you for that, Jess. That's just disturbing, to be perfectly mm. honest. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, Andy, what have you been up to this week? Absolutely nothing. I have deliberately taken a nothing week. Be honest, absolutely nothing. Half your life. Uh, I, I had a shave Zero. today, and I think that's all I've achieved. I had a haircut at some point. It's your birthday. It's my birthday. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's basically all. You'll I've have done. to come come with me uh, this weekend to the Technology Gadget Expo. I think. Reesby dot slash TG. Yeah, I think I think you got to do something. No. I, Hey, I, I just think that everyone, if you're into tech and gadgets, why not go? I promote all tech events that I see and come across. So, you know. It was some, we, I went last year and some cool stuff there. Too, yeah. But didn't you say oh, it was cool. mostly drones? Or? Uh, there was, but I think that they were trying to build it up because last year was the first year in there and I'm looking at some of the exhibitors this year and they're, they're expanding it. So. Yeah, it looks now, amazing. I've got a question for you, Jess. 
Right. Now, we promised you something earlier, <laughs> and because we've been talking about um, inappropriate uh, comments and so forth, we're running out of time, but we're still going to go to the masturbate, which kind yes. of sounds wrong after that, that Yeah, that it is a bit. <laughs> it is two words, though. It's, it's two words. We'll go to it if we can keep it to 10 minutes. Okay. We have, have a, an agreement, a contract on it. Done. Signed. All right. Sealed, let's let's do it. Shall we do it, Phil? Yes. Let's do it. Head to head. Geek against geek. Idiot versus idiot. It's time for the Masturbate on Geeks Interrupted. Yes, as the nice lady said, it's time for the Geeks Interrupted Masturbate, and we are continuing a discussion from before, something about Jess breaking her phone. Tell I didn't us more, break Jess. my phone. I did not break my phone. Can I, we just be clear? It's just I've had enough of these phones that are made to break, and it's it's just frustrating. Like if I can put a piece of glass on it, it still works equally as effectively. Why don't they just make the glass thicker to prevent breaks? And everyone knows. I mean, how many phones right now being sold on eBay or Facebook Marketplace because they have a cracked screen? Because it's like three, four hundred bucks sometimes to get a phone screen fixed and replaced. And I told you last time I was on the show, I had an LG and the screen was plastic. It worked fine. It was touchscreen. And why they didn't continue using that type of technology, I'm not sure. But to me, like similar to I said, if you've got a car and the windscreen breaks every time a rock hits it, all the manufacturers would probably recoup all of the cars and fix the problem. But no, iPhone keeps getting away with it. All the other phones have followed Swoot, uh, seat, swoot. You know what I'm trying to say? I've lost my tongue is tired now because I'm getting so amped up. Um, and you've got to get a full cover and everything. It's like an additional $500 just to protect the phone that should be durable in the first place, in my opinion. So at the moment, there's, um, if I do a search for iPhone cracked screen, there are um, uh, 12 phones, iPhones for sale on the Australian store. Out of how many? Oh, uh, what, on eBay.com? Uh, and they're probably selling it as iPhone used slightly damaged. They might not be using that term exactly. Oh, no, no, no. What that, about Facebook just... Marketplace? Come on, well, you can't do this to true, me. True, true. Because I know. No, no, look I, look, I understand there is a propensity for the screens to crack. I am I am one to say that I've never cracked a screen Yeah, you two phone. are just aliens. The fact that you've never cracked a phone screen just blows my mind. That's because we look after our expensive devices. I look after my expensive devices too, but they're made to really go the against you. The thing is though that your device, you have it as a wallet in a wallet. Correct, because so you have they're it fully so covered. It's, it's flimsy. protected by Mimco. Correct. Yes, this one hasn't broken. That's what I'm saying. It's just annoying to see other people because I'm considerate of others. Um, to see that we're paying an additional, what was this, like $50 to get the glass put on, not yeah, authentic iPhone. And then this case <clears throat> was a bit more expensive. It's about $150 because it's leather and Mimco. But, you know, that's extra money and it still has a potential that it will crack as well. I still don't trust this. So, right? Like, come on. It's a $1,000 phone. Uh, sorry, more than a 1000 I'm pretty sure. All yes. the more reason to look after it more. 
I do look after it. But if you're walking around, it's a portable device, just like anything. I mean, how many – it's like a watch, right? They have the thick glass that's crystal to prevent it from cracking because they know it's going to potentially hit something. Okay, let me ask a question. So we, we had a debate about this before the – Yes. Uh, the program. Uh, it was more uh, you shouting incoher- incoherently. I'd never and, shouted. And I was Can, just nodding I'd, along. No one believes you. <laughs> I, I don't shout. Okay. No, no, no. I uh, resolve mani- I resolve my issues in a mature and professional way. Oh, what's you doing d- here then? Well, I'm not shouting. <laughs> if you call this shouting, then I shout 24-7. Now, we are, we are trolling you a little bit. But we did have this conversation uh, before the program in, in the kitchen. Yeah. And... Uh, one thing that we, we didn't really go through is one thing I didn't ask is what do you want Apple and the other manufacturers to do? About to do? It. Oh, um, simple. Either you've got a few options here. Okay, guys. So this is directly to the manufacturers because I know y'all are listening. Um, it would be, I'll give you a couple of options. I don't even work for you. So really technically you should be paying me for this advice. So I'll help though. If you guys really are struggling that bad, you need stuff. Maybe you should use us. I could find you maybe some products. I don't know what nots. Anywho, what you could do is either include a free protector case with all phones sold and a glass cover with all your phones sold as a part of the service, or you could include free service to fix the phones whenever they crack and break, or you could maybe just make the glass slightly thicker and the actual phone itself just a little bit thicker. I'm not even talking much because either way we're all putting mm-hmm. covers on it, right? So no matter what, it's going to bulk up the phone and it's we're not talking much here. Like I'm looking at this and I could think of some strategic ways to just line this with maybe silicon on the edges and then – Put an extra glass cover, or just make it double thick. So, you know? so, so by that rationale. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, I have a, I have a new car. I bought a new car a number of months ago. Yeah. And a couple of weeks ago, I inadvertently uh, hit the door against a post. Yeah. In my driveway, mm-hmm. and there's a scratch on the door. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I should go back to Toyota and say you have a responsibility to no, fix it. But- that's that's you you you're picking at this, but phone. Uh, Cars are made to crumple for safety reasons, but okay, no, to protect the... it's just a scratch. Oh, well, everything head. scratches. We're not talking about scratches. We're talking about every single human pretty but much on planet on cracks. Earth. But maybe... maybe iPhones crack. Maybe, I mean, maybe the glass smashing is done for safety reasons because... That's it, what he said before. Because if I you... I want to see you, the evidence. If you I don't drop the phone that. and it bounced back up, it could hit you in the head and knock you out. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Well, the glass could shatter and cut your fingers, which has happened to me no, in the past. No. Look, so and, and that's and dangerous <clears throat> too. In all due respect, I will, will, will say one thing to partly support your point. We all know you're agree, agreeing <clears throat> with me. You just wait for when your phones do break and you come back and you no, say, no, Jess, I'm, you know what? I'm, I believe you. The reason you guys are so against it is because I'm sitting in a room with two people whose phones have never broken so they don't know the pain no, no, no. that you feel when it's like, oh, $350, okay, so, I just won't get it no, fixed. No, no, no. So, so, it. so the, the, I'll, I'll, put the, I'll have the little devil and the angel sitting all on my right. shoulders. Okay. So the, the devil to say, no, I don't agree with you says – You've spent a thousand dollars on a device. You should take more care of it. Which I do. I've got a cover and a glass yeah. screen. So, that, that's, yeah. that's the devil. The, the mm-hmm. positive side of me says, okay, then what, what, to back you up is that when I go and pick up my brand new phone from the Apple Store, mm-hmm. I sa- stand there before I've even taken it out of the box. I say, I want a case 
I'll get my case and I want a screen protector put on it straight away. And we peel the, the brand new plastic off and put a screen protector on it straight away because I don't have 100% confidence. See? Because you f- know it's a problem. It's yeah. an epidemic. No, no, no. I, the I, no, glass I crack screen I, I do it. I do it for two reasons. One, I want to protect my phone because, yes, they do have a propensity to do that. The other side of it for me also is that I am – my phone cycle is based around me reselling my phone for the best possible price. Mm. So therefore I try and keep my phone in as good condition as I can so that in two years' time they give me a better phone. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I can I can I get a good price to sell my phone. But but I do agree with you that it sort of st- stinks that in using it everyday use, I am gonna get at the very least scratches all over my screen, let alone they're cracking. There's whole businesses that are set up to literally fix this problem. I don't know. So I don't disagree. I know it exists. Really? There's whole businesses out there that exist. Yes. One of our sponsors, Recreation Panels, they fix damaged cars. That's what business is. I know, but you, come on. You know what I mean. It could easily be preventable with a slightly thicker screen. You know what? They're going to start selling them now after I say this. It'll be like 25% thicker glass screen, now an additional $900. Now, that'd be an upgrade for um, The sad thing is they probably will with the iPhone. They will. They'll probably do a special edition. Yeah, with they'll the have a whole mask. new release. But yeah. Yeah. Can, can, can I can – I, okay, I think that this anger – I don't want to call it anger, but maybe. We'll Disappointment. Disappointment slash anger, whatever, is unfairly directed at the manufacturers because they're producing a product which happens to include a component – which is fragile. No, and the glass is too thin. It's not. I use cups all the time, glasses to drink juice from. They don't crack so easily when you just, you know, accidentally. Do you throw your glass against the ground though? No, it's not. Even if I was to just gently tap this, I promise you it will break. So <laughs> this, this phone, the glass <laughs> is very, it's ultra thin. If, look, well, okay, let me just tell you. When Come you on, put break, this, break your wait, phone wait, now for us. No, I'm not going to do it. But <laughs> even with this cover, and this is a very thin glass cover, that makes a big difference and prevents it from cracking, correct? So why? That, that means, therefore, that this glass is just a slightly too thin and they should make it slightly thicker. Otherwise, this glass cover would make no difference, right? So clearly it's just a matter of making it slightly thicker. Um, uh, Cloinker actually said that the <laughs> phones are too thin in general. Well, yeah, I suppose maybe, maybe's. I don't know. I like to keep it nice and thin to keep in my pockets and whatnot. But okay, so it, but okay, if you had a phone that was three millimeters thicker to have on the last more durable. screen, uh, it is. You... I now have to use a whole wallet to protect this thing. But would so, you... yes, the answer is I would buy that. Yes. No one cares about how thin it is. Who like we all look how big this thing is. I have the iPhone Seven Plus. It's so big. It's like no matter what, that's not fitting in any pocket I've got. So, you know, I have an idea. What? Yes, because we're we're running out of time for the <laughs> masturbate. So I think the best way to resolve this is basically say that smartphones, like an iPhone and so mm-hmm. forth, are not for you. They don't suit your <laughs> lifestyle. <laughs> Now, a couple of months ago, we did a story about... It's all me, not them. You know what me. you needed, very quickly, was a BlackBerry that had the physical keyboard. I've got a BlackBerry. I've got like every screen. phone. So what we are going to do is, a couple of months ago, we did a story about Nokia bringing back the old school phones, the 5110s and so forth, mm-hmm. and one of their features was durability. So we are going to buy you 
one of those phones. Oh, really? I'll yeah. take anything for free. The problem is, <laughs> she won't be able to use it because the 2G network's dead. Oh, well, yeah, that, that's well, so that's true. that's something else we had to complain about. That's true. All my old, oh. apparently I learned this just recently, actually. So that's one thing I learned. Because a friend of mine at work had a 3310. He sent me a message and said, I've had to retire the phone only because the network died. But the reason why the phone lasted so long, admittedly, was because it was completely plastic on the outside. And he didn't drop it? He did, well, he did, but it was all plastic. But the thing was, it doesn't have a touch screen or anything. But so. if it's plastic, it makes it lighter and then they probably won't blow up. But then you can't use know. the touch screen. Yeah, you can. Because I had an LG and it was plastic and it was touch screen. So Resistive or go. capacitive? I don't know what that means. <laughs> why, why are we shouting? I don't know. I don't know Resistive is when you actually have to full on push it and you see it convex in. Capacitive is it just detects your fingerprint on the screen. Anyway. Anyway, who do you think won this mass debate? Let us know via social media at Geeks on Air on Twitter or on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Geeks Interrupted or in our chat room, chat.geeksinterrupted.fm. And Clank has said, wait till the polymer LCDs come out, you'll be able to get bendable screens, so you'll be all good by then. Thank God. We are listening to Geeks Interrupted. I don't know why, but you are listening to Geeks Interrupted on (laughs) 94.1 FM, 3WBC. And we'll be back with more after this. Listen to Geeks Interrupted every Monday night at 8pm, only on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. Or don't. I'm getting paid for this voiceover either way. Well, you are listening to Geeks Interrupted on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. And as we come up to the end of the program, it's almost 10pm if you are listening live. It's time for us to move into the entertainment section uh, of the uh, program. So we talk about everything in the world of TV, film and entertainment and so forth. But there's something that we do at the uh, top of this segment, and that's where we play a mystery TV theme. Mm. And in this case, it will be Phil and Jess and everyone listening at home or work, wherever they may be, to guess what that theme may be. So here we go, this week's mystery theme. I know for some reason. Kids show. It is a kid show. We, I was going to say it's, it's not around the twist because they've had lyrics. No, it's definitely not around the twist. That's around the twist. Uh, it's. I feel like it's some sort of like gamey type cartoon, maybe. Uh, no, it's live action, and it's it wasn't a game show. Uh, is it like the Normans or whatever their name was? The, he had a big nose, and they had a pet monkey, maybe, and they lived in a caravan. <laughs> you guys do know how old I am, right? Fifteen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I wish it's a school night. Why? Why are you doing out at this hour? <laughs> yeah, I know. Get home. I better call my mom. <laughs> I have no idea offhand. I know it, but I don't know. Uh, it. Yeah, anyone want to take a guess? No. no? Okay. Oh, that was my guess. The Normans, or I think they were called. They had like Pugwall Summer. No, it wasn't Pugwall. We've done Pugwall before. Uh, Checking the chat room. Uh, Someone suggested Round the Twist. Uh, No, we've already said that. Um, No other guesses, so I'm going to have to call it. It is Ship to Shore. Uh, So Round the Twist was in that sort of lineage, but different. Round the Twist would have given it away because it says Around the Twist. Damn. What's in entertainment news, Andy? Well, we've got some uh, sad news uh, this Mm. week. Uh, Glenn Campbell. 
Uh, the rhinestone cowboy singer and country music icon has died, uh, aged 81. Uh, country music icon Glenn Campbell, um, uh, who was one of the biggest stars of the late 1960s and 70s, uh, has died. Uh, Campbell had 12 gold albums and 75 chart hits, including Wichita Lineman and By the Time I Get to Phoenix. His publicist, Sandy Brokaw, said the singer died uh, on Tuesday morning at an Alzheimer's facility in Nashville. No cause was immediately given. One of Glenn Campbell's daughters, Ashley, said she was heartbroken. Quote, I owe him everything I am and everything I ever will be. Campbell announced in June 2011 he had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease and that it was in its early stages at that time. He said, I still love making music and I still love performing for my fans. I'd like to thank them for sticking with me through thick and thin. Uh, Campbell started out as a session guitarist for the Beach Boys and producer Phil Spector. Uh, Brian Wilson, Beach Boys co-founder, said, I'm very broken up to hear about my friend, Glenn Campbell. He was an incredible musician and an even better person. I'm at a loss, love and mercy. Oh, that's so sad. It's really sad. Yeah, and um, so a lot of well-regarded musician that a lot of people, as you said, uh, sent their condolences. So, Vale, Glenn Campbell. Yeah, very, very sad I'm news. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. One of the things we've, we've spoken about on the show before, but as we go through up to 210 episodes now, and we've done a lot of celebrity uh, deaths and so forth, and we did make comment at one point is that all these people that we love and know, we haven't met them, but we still know and love them, are basically passing away, dying. And mm. it's just unbelievable. Any anyone passing, I think, is sad. But that that is sad. What one thing? Obviously, sounds like he's contributed a lot to music. Uh, I just did some research this week. One of my favourites is Max Martin. And if you don't know who he is, look him up because I promise you, every single song that you've ever loved for the last twenty years, he's co-written on. He wrote like, well, you might not like this, but Britney Spears, like Katy Perry, Justin Bieber, like all of these hit songs, and I'm talking in the hundreds, this guy has really contributed to music like in a major way, particularly the last sort of 15 years, And I'd what was say. his name? Max Martin. Do a Google search and just see how many hits of a, like that you love that he's co-written on or has written. Uh, all the Backstreet Boys hits, I mean, lots of this pop the current sort of Katy Perry, Kesha songs, even though Kesha does write a lot of her music, these main hits are, have been him. Mm. Even to this day, he's still going. If if he was to go, I'd be so miserable. Cool. Mm. We'll get that into the show notes. Absolutely. Uh, on to some, uh, I wouldn't say happier news, but uh, uh, better news, but not exactly great news. <clears throat> Disney wants to take on Netflix with its own streaming services. Uh, the Walt Disney Company, under pressure to address threats to its vast television business, unveiled its answer uh, to Netflix-style streaming services. Quote, I would categorise this as an extremely important, very, very significant strategic shift for us. Uh, and that quote comes from Robert A. Iger, Disney's chief executive. And that was said to analysts on a conference call to discuss quarterly earnings. Underscoring the need for uh, Iger to reposition the company for growth, Disney reported a slight decline in revenue and a 9% drop in net income. Uh, the two still unnamed streaming services, one built around sports and the other on Disney and Pixar movies and TV shows, will be powered by BamTech, a technology company that handles direct-to-consumer video for baseball teams and HBO, amongst others. 
Disney paid a billion dollars a year ago for a 33% stake in BamTech. And last week, Mr. Iger announced that Disney had accelerated an option to spend $1.58 billion for an additional 42% share. And Disney's move online would put the company in conflict with Netflix, which would lose access to new Disney and Pixar films, and with cable providers, which pay Disney handsomely for the right to distribute ESPN and other channels. Iger said that Disney had not yet talked to cable providers. Smart. So, more content could potentially be disappearing from Netflix. Yes. Um, the thing I don't like about this is it's further fragmenting the streaming market um, because uh, in Australia we've really only got two – I mean, there's three services. There's Foxtel now, there's Stan, and there's Netflix. But really it's Foxtel – sorry, Netflix and Stan. In the United States, though, that market is increasingly um, – uh, deteriorating. So you've got uh, Netflix, you've got um, Hulu, um, and then HBO are now offering their services directly as well as I think Showtime as well. Um, people will only go so far to pay for a one or two services and that's it. Um, I think that Disney with their back catalogue could be good for kids, but is it the best move for them? Who knows? They could get to a point where in a few years' time they turn that streaming service off. But they've got a big back catalogue. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. It's a tough one. I think because it's targeted directly to children, uh, I think it's smart because parents will be like, oh, there's no point in us paying for Netflix when there's all these films that our family can't really watch right now. But I, I would sort of do agree in a sense that eventually they're – you know, if you're paying for Stan and Netflix and then they like, oh, to get Disney, you've got to pay an additional however much per month. I wonder what it will cost. Then you start to think, oh, do I even get it or not? So will their customers just go completely? Uh, not sure, but sort of reminds me of like the Chadston bus that's just been built from the city to go directly to Chadston. Like just this business is going direct to their customers and creating a, a way to bring their customers just directly to them. So I think it's a smart move for them financially, but that's if the customers are okay with signing up for an additional service. Well, Jay Byron in uh, the chat room says, like, we don't have enough streaming services already. Now, I know, Phil, you, I think out of everyone, like out of the regulars, me, uh, Dan and yourself, you subscribe probably the most uh, online streaming services. That's right. So I have only uh, Netflix. I think Dan has a couple, but you have quite a few, particularly overseas ones. Yeah, so I do. I use Netflix, Stan, um, and I do legitimately Hulu um, through a US iTunes account, um, and that covers basically all of my needs. I might have some access to some other things, but we won't talk about that on air. Um, the... So, yeah, so I do those services, but do, would that extend to me going to a, an additional Disney service? Probably not. Do you know mine? Zero. Zero. I don't have any streaming services. Do you not have the time? No, not really. Or the desire. Fair enough. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I just watch shows that are on TV that my mom's watching. I suppose she has Foxtel, so that might count, but that's if I'm going to yeah. chill, but... Most of the time when I'm actually, you know, out and about or doing stuff or chilling at home, I just will put on the free-to-air TV 
And I, I think I still, it's free. Whatever. No, just what, yeah, I still I just do. I TV still, plugged in and whatever's on that. Yeah. So I still watch That's some free to air channels, but I don't do a lot. But you know, the thing is that um, the, the thing is Netflix does have a lot of content for kids too. I have to say, but. Uh, It'll be interesting. The thing is that things like um, the Marvel TV shows, like Daredevil and the Defenders, which is coming out, and things like that, they um, won't. They will still actually be on Netflix because even they're actually a Disney property, but they will be on Netflix. So it'll be interesting to see what Disney take over. I think it'll be their movies and their kids stuff primarily is what mm. I think they'll do. Interesting. There we go. One final story in entertainment this week, and probably our final story for the week. Uh, Justice League gets a new end in reshoots. We've heard about the Joss Whedon-led reshoots for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, they're being used to change the film's tone, but now two new reports suggest more serious changes to the narrative are afoot. The first comes from Slash Film, which indicates that the film's original ending, which would have seen Darkseed's arrival on Earth, has been scrapped. When Justice League was planned as two films, when the DCEU's future was mapped out, this made sense. Now, though, it's viewed as an unnecessary cliffhanger, and so has been dropped. On top of that, the first film's villain, Steppenwolf, has been beefed up with Robin Wright's Wonder Woman character, being brought in to participate, a flashback shedding more light on Steppenwolf's origin and the threat of Darkseid being downplayed. A common theme to reports are that the reshoots are more extensive than originally suggested, but a bigger surprise is the one from Batman on film. Unlike various rumours in the past, which come from anonymous redditors, this is the editor of arguably the biggest DC film news fan site on the web. Um, yeah, look, Zack Snyder, Joss Whedon was brought on by Zack Snyder, as we mentioned, to um, tidy up some uh, dialogue. Um, Zack Snyder's films have been very uh, full on in the uh, the the world. And then the Wonder Woman film, which was not directed by Zack Snyder, took um, a slightly lighter tone uh, and as a result um, was very successful. So he was brought on to that, but when Zack Snyder left the production due to family reasons, they seemed to do a lot more than expected. So um, it's a pretty big retooling for a tip film that's coming out in um, three months. So wow. there'll be a lot of work to do on that. So, uh, yeah, they're going to be pushing uh, it through. It's, it reminds me a bit of what they did with Rogue One last year where they reshot a fair whack of the film before it was released. So there you go. So it'll be interesting to see how the movie turns out. Mm. So when's it due for release? Or do we November. November. So yeah. that's pretty – That's not when you think about movie production, that's, yeah. that's And not, considering they were doing primary photography in like March last year. Mm. Yeah. So, well, I suppose to be fair, you can uh, do post-production while filming – Oh yeah, scenes. and and they do they do factor in reshoots for any major film these days. Yeah, they um, would have had some backups for sure. But already. but they're they're seeming to do more than they have in the past. Like this is a fairly this is not catching up on some some shots they missed or they need to get a different angle. This is they're changing parts, substantial parts of the movie. I wonder what the reason is. Maybe well, they're, they're saying that the original cut was very research. dark. Very dark, yeah. And they're trying to make it a bit lighter. Maybe, maybe certain countries wouldn't allow it to be shown there, and they're trying to open up to a greater audience. I'm not sure. It sounds. Uh, I think that all of those reasons are valid. All yeah. of them. So, mm. it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. Very true. And that's November. You say we'll find out in November. Yes. Geeks interrupted. As classy as that old shoebox under your bed. 
Well, you are listening to Geeks Interrupted on 94.1 FM 3WBC, and as we approach the end of our program for this week, it's time to talk about what we may have learnt. So, Phil, we're going to go to you first. What have you learnt this week? Um, what did I learn this week? I've been learning about voice over IP handsets and what you can do with them with uh, electronic handset pickup protocols. In a very quick 30 seconds, uh, what does that involve? So when, you're, when you've got a, he- a wireless headset and you press the button on the side of the wireless headset, it answers your f- desk phone. Now, we, we're used to it with mobiles, but desk phones uh, in an enterprise environment work very differently. So it's working out to see if I can hack that. Cool. Uh, Jessica, what have you learned this week? Oh, I actually participated in a hackathon. I meant, I forgot to mention that. And I learned that even though I'm not the world's most technical, apparently I was really important on the team. So even non-techie people can uh, can make a big impact. So we, we ended up like making an app within 48 hours and, yeah. That's I, awesome. Cool. Yeah. I can go and into detail, but. That's all right. It'll That's take good. Too long. Andy, what did you learn this week? Uh, I've learned something that I've been putting off for quite a long time. I'm building something for the station, uh, coding-wise, mm. and I was putting it off for a long time because I didn't quite know how to approach it. And I learned myself, learned myself, taught myself how to do it in about thirty seconds. Wow. So I'm um, like, it was basically some JavaScript. So cool. I feel really, really, you know, incredibly smart to be well honest. done. So there we go. This and I'm pretty dumb most of the time. So. Yeah. See, coding is a future. <laughs> anyway, you have been listening to another episode of Geeks Interrupted. You can find us and send us questions and feedback via our contact page on our website at geeksinterrupted.fm. We're also on Twitter. Uh, at Geeks On Air. And on Instagram. Geeks On Air. And we're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geeksinterrupted. If you are listening to us live on 94.1 FM 3WBC, stay back and listen to the Indian program uh, from 10 p.m and music overnight from 12. And don't forget to tune in from 7am to start your day with Peter Van Wessem and The Brighter Breakfast. If you are listening to us via podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on our Apple Podcast page. This helps us get noticed in the Apple Podcast Store, and please tell your friends to check us out. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Jessica Reesby for filling in tonight, and thank you to everyone. Uh, who joined us in the chat room. We'll see you all again next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Laters. Oh, and you want to say a quick shout-out to? To hey, who? Mom. Oh, the- Theory. Theory. Theo, Theo. 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 Theo, startup evangelist, tech evangelist. You just, I was getting ready to take I my headphones off. I said I'd remind off. you. Okay. You're the best. Anyway, bye. bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. See ya. <laughs> this is... Let me take my love to me. Put on the telly. This is Lucky Phil. Hello, I'm Beverly Strong. And if you enjoy the wide variety of programs presented on 94.1 3WBC, 
we'd like you to become a member. Members can support the running of the station by participating in the management committee and working groups, training as presenters and producers, and becoming involved in fundraisers and special events. To find out how to get more out of your community radio station, visit our studio in the Box Hill Town Hall Hub or phone during business hours on 9285 4846 or visit our website on www.3wbc.org.au and select Membership. A new and satisfying interest will be yours when you join the 94.1 3WBC team. We're your community radio station and voice of the Inner East.